Welcome to Conversations from Here with me, Dana Ziegler. These candid, unfettered talks create connection and inspiration across the human story. These are the sharings of how we came to be ourselves, how we found our life's purpose, and how we made it from there to here. I speak with performers, artists, artisans, creators, innovators, entrepreneurs, and other remarkable people about what they do and how they came to do it. Also, the music you hear on this show is performed, as always, by Brad Watson. Well, hello there. Dana Ziegler with both Conversations from Here and Zen Body Living. This has been a real treat for me to do these three Zen Body Living specials on this podcast because it has given me a chance to blend my Conversations from Here hosting self with my Zen Body Living wellness coaching self. So it's been a real joy. I hope that you all have gotten something out of it, even if it's just little tiny nuggets or little things that you can incorporate into your practices to make life simpler, better, more joyful, and certainly more focused and with more clarity. So this episode, since we addressed making space for change, starting with the body and today's episode, minding your mind. This is a big topic and there's a lot of stuff to cover, but I just wanted to give you something to start with so that when you're making positive lasting changes in your life. I hope that something in here has helped and I hope that it's been a joyful exploration for you as it has been for me. So without further ado, minding your mind. Enjoy. Hello there, everybody. It's Dana with Zen Body Living on Conversations from Here. So We've had a short series on where to start, as in when you're feeling overwhelmed and you want to make changes in your life and you want to change habits and you want to instill better ones for positive, lasting, sustainable change. And we talked about making room for change. So in the episode that was two episodes ago, 
we talked about making physical space for change, as in starting with your bedroom and then moving into the rest of your living space, clearing it out, clarifying it, beautifying it. And then last week, we talked about the body, your vehicle in this life, your ride, as they say, and how to begin with that taking care of it. So this episode, we're going to talk about the mind. We're going to talk about your inner landscape. And everything starts with the mind. So every you start with a thought. And that thought is the genesis of your emotions, of your words, and of your actions. So as you can imagine, getting right with your mind, minding your mind, as they say, is the beginning, the fundament of everything that comes after. So you get it right in your mind, you will get it right in all the other ways. So Gandhi used to say that actions express priorities. And those actions, of course, as I just said, are generated from thoughts. So you might ask yourself in the beginning, what are your priorities and what are your values? And what do you want to spend your time doing? And how do you want to spend your day? And how do you want to feel while you're spending it? What is your state of mind normally and how can you make it better? So this is the challenge here is to identify priorities and, obst and obstacles because you, you want to identify where you want to go, but you also want to identify what it is that you feel is keeping you from getting there. So those are the dragons in the way. So those are the speed bumps on the road, the brick walls, the razor wire, the negative talk, the old patterns of self-sabotage unresolved traumas, family issues, doubt, insecurity, and all of that. We, we've all got this stuff going on. And the most successful people in the world can tell you all about the obstacles that they've vanquished through the years. So maybe we can make them into old friends because they are so familiar. So to start... The strategy is, these are two strategies here. One is awareness. So there is no change until there is awareness. And then when you see it, you can change it. When you become aware of it, you can change it. So if you notice that you're constantly getting in your own way, then you can choose to change it. But you can't change it until you recognize it. So are you getting your, in your own way? If not, fantastic. You're definitely ahead of the game. But if you are, identify those times when you are getting in your own way and also identify why you're getting in your own way. Because I'll tell you, if you get out of your own way, life is so much easier. And I find that really obstacles tend to be self-made External obstacles are actually much easier to go around, go over, 
or to even push through. But interior obstacles, ah, those are the sticky wickets. Those are the dragons that lie in wait. So let us cast ourselves back to something very, very basic, which is meditation is one tool that can help us to get the mind right and to sort of clear the decks, if you will, in order to become more aware and recognize the things that need to be recalibrated, retooled, remade, reevaluated. So in meditation, the very basic, the very basic thing is that when you are sitting, you don't even have to be sitting, you could be, you could even be walking or laying down. But for the sake of simplification of explanation, let's say that we're sitting. And the idea is not to clear the mind of thoughts because you're not going to do it. The, the mind is a thought factory. Thoughts are going to be generated. They're going to bubble up like effervescence. And there's no way to suppress that. So you don't want to suppress. What you want to do is you want to, when the thoughts come, is simply not to engage with them. You can watch them. So imagine the mind is an open tableau, a blue sky, if you will. And the thoughts that pass through your awareness are the clouds that move across your field. And when you see those thoughts, you can notice them, but not engage with them. So it's a little bit like being in the experience and also not being of it. So this is where you learn equanimity, non-attachment. It doesn't mean you don't care. It means you're completely neutral. You have neutral mind here. So thoughts pass through. There's no judgment. And, and this is where the discipline comes in. If you feel yourself... I should say when you feel yourself attaching to a thought or you start making your grocery list or you start thinking about what you're going to make for dinner tonight. Catch yourself in that moment that you are engaging with thoughts and let them go. Letting them go without judgment, without judgment of the thought, without judgment of yourself having the thought or engaging with the thought. Let it go. Just let it float on by. And then there might be another thought or a flurry of thoughts or maybe a whole passel of thoughts that you're engaging with here, 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 here. But each time you notice, and you will get very good at this when you practice often, is you recognize your attachment to a thought that you're starting to engage with it and just let it go. Just let it float off. When you're able to do this, you're learning how to be, you're, you're learning discernment as to 
which things in life you wish to engage with, and also you're learning how to respond rather than just react to things. So the very basic part of meditation is about how to be completely present in the moment, to be aware of things, thoughts, sounds, things that cross your field of vision, and also be able to watch them and not get pulled in by them. So you're conditioning yourself. It's really important to remember that it doesn't take a ton of time to have a meditation practice. If you spend 10 minutes a day in sitting meditation or walking meditation, it doesn't sound like a lot. And maybe that is the, you know, kind of the minimum, but it's a place to start. Those 10 minutes a day, when you do them consistently, are going to make all the difference in the world when you practice consistently, preferably the same time of day-ish, if you can. Um, it could be first thing in the morning before you get busy with stuff. That's what I generally recommend. Before, <laughs> before the day gets taken over by other people, uh, all the things that you want to do or need to do before you start making breakfast. Sit on your cushion or in your chair or on your sofa and take that 10 minutes for yourself for quiet meditation, watching your thoughts, watching the clouds pass on through. Small changes done consistently over time make for profound changes. As I always say, as you know. So that is one strategy for minding your mind and conditioning it to have clarity, to be fully present in the moment. And within that gap between awareness and action, you are able to choose how to respond to a thought, to an action, or to a happening. So this is conditioning for life. So that's one thing. There's another exercise, or it's not really, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'd really call it an exercise, but the concept of mindfulness. And I know that you all have heard it a lot and it tends to be overused um, in, in, the, in the public sphere. People talk about, I want to be really mindful about the changes that I make. Okay, so mindfulness, what does it mean? We, we hear it a lot. We also hear it in tandem with meditation often. What is mindfulness? Mindfulness, or being mindful, is being fully present in the current moment. So 
You're not thinking about the past. You're not plotting for the future. You're not distracted outside of this now. So each moment you are present and you bring yourself back. If you start wandering, if your mind starts to wander to the future or to the past, and it will do that. And there is no judgment as to where your mind goes because you're human, you know? So this is a practice, not a perfect. As I quoted Dr. Sada Simran before, it's a practice, not a perfect, leading yourself back. So mindfulness is another tool and you can practice it any time. And it's very interesting. If you make the decision to have a mindful conversation, watch your mind as you talk with a friend, say, and you're having a conversation and notice if you are, are you listening? Are you fully present and taking in your friend's words to you? and feeling connected to them, feeling that empathy with maybe he or she is telling you about a challenge that they're having or difficulty. Are you fully present to just listen? Or are you waiting to talk? So just noticing that, being fully present, noticing where your attention is, and if you're not thinking about that at all, that means you're fully present with your friend and you're being fully mindful. And we can talk about thoughts, words, and deeds. So notice what playlist is happening in your head. What inner dialogue you have in your mind. It's very common. We, we humans have very chatty brains. So just know that. Know that you're not going to stop it, but you can, you can calm it down and you can notice it and you can kind of give yourself a little chuckle. So thoughts. And we talk about alignment, aligning thoughts, words, and deeds. It's very important that thoughts, words, and deeds be consistent with each other because that way you're not going off in different directions all at the same time. So everything is aligned and there is integrity with a line between the thought, the words, and the deeds. Now this is advanced stuff and nobody's going to be perfect about this, of course. But I think it's an important exercise, an important thing to entertain because when we want to make positive changes for ourselves and our lives, we check in with ourselves. How am I doing? Am I aligned? Are my actions aligned with my thoughts? Also noticing what kind of, I mentioned the tape that plays in your head, you know, the self-talk, the inner dialogue. Notice if that inner dialogue is helping you 
with your aims, with where you want to be and who you want to be? Or is it impeding your progress? So really working on that self-talk. Is it positive? Is it encouraging? Are you wasting energy with negativity, whether directed towards yourself or other people? Bruce Lee once said that when you have a negative thought, you, you really get in your own way. And so for him, he talked about the importance of the focus of your mind, that it be in a positive direction, in an uplifted direction. Because that's the thing that's going to carry you through to becoming the person that you want to be and to having the life that you, that you want to have, the life that you wish to craft. Very, very important. Obviously, that is not easy. <laughs> and it takes a lot of practice. And it, it ain't going to be perfect. So I think it's really important that we accept the fact that as human beings, we have failings. We're seldom perfect. And yet, we can still make progress. And that's the idea here, is that you're making progress. Some people make more progress than others. But I don't think that the most important thing is the amount of progress necessarily, but that you are on a forward, upward trajectory. Because when you master your mind, you, you are running your own house. You are captaining your own ship. So no matter what happens and no matter what other people throw at you, because even if you are the most virtuous, lovely human being on the planet, there's going to be somebody who doesn't like you <laughs> for whatever reason. And it probably says more about them than it does about you. At the same time, there can be things that come at you, like I said, whether it's from other people or whether it's something that happens in your life that you have no control over that sideswipes you. Life is full of these things. If you're very lucky, you don't have too many life-crushing happenings as you move through this world. But Inevitably, there will be something. There will be challenges of various kinds. Some of them really big ones. Some of them smaller ones. Some of them little annoyances that happen on a daily basis. And it's how you handle these things. Most especially how you handle the daily... Oh gosh. You know, <laughs> the daily annoyances. If you master your daily annoyances, you're very well prepared to handle the big stuff that will come your way. It's, it can be very tempting to be swept away by the hangnails of life, the minor things, a spilled cup of coffee, or um, being slightly late to an appointment, or any number of things that you can imagine would just 
you might ordinarily be thrown off your game by these small things, but you don't have to allow these small things to throw you off your game. You can recognize them and say, ah, ha, look, that's where my mind is going right now. Ha ha, well, look at that. And then you just move forward. You acknowledge it. You don't engage with it anymore. And you create, you move forward and you get on with your day. This is very, very important. So again, what I said about meditation being a training ground for the ability to be discerning where you put your attention, how you spend your time, how you craft your day. Meditation is the, is the perfect place to do that. Now, I didn't mention in meditation, I didn't mention the role of inquiry, which is more advanced stuff uh, right now, because I just want you to start very simply by practicing awareness and not engaging with thoughts. That's where I want you to start. So it doesn't have to be a whole deep thing about asking the question, who is having these thoughts? That That's something that you can explore further on down the road if you so choose. But I wanted to give you a place to start, a place to begin, getting your mind right, minding your mind, and preparing you for the rest of life, really. So I know this might sound a little bit esoteric and a little bit, for some of you, it might sound a little woo-woo and it might sound a little too Buddhist or Taoist. But meditation and mindfulness are extremely pragmatic. So they have nothing to do with religion Nothing much to do with philosophy, really, although in various philosophical and religious practices, interestingly, meditation has a role, whether it's Tibetan Buddhist monks or Christian mystics wandering around in the desert. In any culture that you can think of, there is amongst the esoteric traditions you can find meditation and yet it in itself is not it is not exclusive to those realms they are very practical these techniques and they will help you as a householder as a regular person in the world it will help you at home in your personal relationships, in your family relationships. It will help you at work with your colleagues. It will help you in any situation, large or small. And I do also believe that it can help you feel more connected to the world around you. Because if you are fully present, if you're fully showing up for your life, you will notice small things. You will notice 
the sounds of nature. You will notice things that you wouldn't if you were just careening through your life at high speed without looking around or taking in the world with all of your senses. It's a beautiful way to be, to be quiet in mind and receptive to what is. And I think it's also important to have examples, uh, living examples of this sort of practice. So uh, for me, one of the people that I look to for inspiration for being mindful and living deliberately and also living compassionately towards others and the self is His Holiness the Dalai Lama. He embodies that full presence. And people who have met him, even if he has a whole line of people to meet, hundreds and hundreds of people waiting to meet him, with each person, he takes their hand and he looks into their eyes and they feel like they're the only person in the room. And what a beautiful thing that is. And that's something that's not exclusive to the Dalai Lama. But he is one example of a person who has that ability. I should also man mention, I, I, did, I did use the word compassion. And compassion is something that arises from full presence of mind and full presence of attention. And it's extremely interesting that compassion is the thing that arises spontaneously. When you get to a certain point where what arises is not annoyance or impatience or anger, but compassion for the other and for the self. So this was kind of a ramble. <laughs> Um, I was hoping that it would be aligned and maybe in some way it is. I'm following a thread in my own mind, in my own inner landscape. And I hope that it was useful to you. So again, practicing non-attachment to thoughts, allowing them to arise and watching them. This is in your sitting meditation practice, watching the thoughts cross the blue sky of awareness as clouds that float through and away, and then translating that state of mind or that quality of attention, I would say, to your waking life, to your experience in the world being fully present and being able to respond appropriately to whatever happens. I also want to mention that for some, there's a tendency to believe that somehow if you are 
if you if you have equanimity, if you don't get swept up into a reactionary state of mind, that somehow you're not invested or you don't care or you are remote. And that is actually not at all true. I will use an example. If you have the good fortune of being able to care for a loved one before they die, you will come to understand many things. One of those things is that you will inevitably experience profound grief. And when you experience profound grief mindfully, you will cry, you might wail, you might be terribly, terribly upset. But you are able to walk through the fire of this experience as difficult as it may be, fully present for it, allowing it to wash over you and pass through you. And you will come out the other side. You will recover from that experience. You allow, you allow the grief to flow through and then you're able to sit with it and you're able to process it. This is the gift of awareness and mindfulness and medita meditation practice. Notice how I said, if you have the good fortune to be with a loved one before they die. It is one of the most profound experiences anyone can have. And it is also an experience that will prepare you for the inevitable. Because we're all going to the same place and we can't take stuff with us. But we can be fully present for one another as we go through that process. And we can be fully present when we ourselves are about to embark on that journey. Wow, that's something to think about, huh? Maybe there will be an episode about death, dying, and grieving. Well, that's the mind episode for today. I hope you guys found it helpful. And maybe there's a little nugget here or there that you can glean from this and take with you and may it be useful. I am so grateful for my teachers, the people who taught me about meditation practice and mindfulness because I see being fully present in life for everything is really what it means to be alive in the fullest and most glorious sense of the word. So, until next time, take good care of yourselves, take good care of each other, and as always, I will see you on the other side. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time.